Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFT. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving the digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keane. For today's interview, we have the one and only Arena BB Art, a multimedia artist who's been selling NFTs of her work since 2020 and has collaborated with big brands like L'Oreal and Time Magazine and has recently dabbled into AI art as well. Arena, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you guys? We are great. We're we're super pumped to have you on. I have actually been following you for quite a while on Twitter. And one of the things I really love about you is that you always post videos of you kind of like, I guess, documenting the process of you creating an artwork or like painting. And I love that. I think that's super fun Mm -hmm. and cool. And yeah, I'm also I've been I was telling you about this too recently, but um, and I've just been moving kind of a lot, but I really want to get one of your prints. I think I'm going to get the Between Moscow and New York poster. Mm-hmm. That one's like my favorite one, I'd say. So, but yeah, excited to have you on. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's like warms my heart to hear it, that you connected. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. The, I love like the colors, like the green and the like pinkish red, like that color combination looks nice. And the style, of course. But Michael, let's loop you in here. That's all good. What's up? Hello, 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 Arena. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you. I've been for the last few days going over all your stuff, learning about you and everything. So as much as I can, Um, I'm excited to chat it up. I'm really happy to have Jenny back hosting the interview. It's really nice to (laughs) see you ladies chat it up. Glad to have you. Let's get into it. I know. uh, Yeah. So first of all, we want to, we're curious how you got into NFTs. This is always kind of our first question with our guests. You know, what got you into Web3? How did you get into NFTs? Uh, Well, I've been doing art for past eight years. And I've always tried to take approaches, do completely different things. So I'm doing art as my job and I'm just trying to study like economics. And then at some point in 2019, I got really into stock and like a stock market. And that was my huge inspiration for 2019 for my art. And um, uh, some of my friends, they created an app. It was like a Twitter but for stocks only. So people would tweet on that app anything stock related. And somebody just mentioned that um, they have invite for a clubhouse. And I was like, let me try it out. Mm. And when I joined the clubhouse through that invite from a person that I don't even know, but we afterwards connected and I even sent him my NFT because I was so grateful. I told him my NFT journey started because of your generosity with the clubhouse invites. Because there I heard um, there were so many wonderful rooms that were educating step by step how to create a MetaMask wallet, how to just start out. And that was very helpful factor because back in, um, so I joined in 2020, but prior to this, about six months ago, I heard about NFTs and I heard about Nifty Gateway, but I could not figure out how to, I did not see 
uh, application thingy on the app. So I kind of dismissed it and I didn't really dive into that that deep. But when I joined the clubhouse and people were explaining so well on how to do all these little steps, I immediately connected and it was very nice because I felt that community was so strong and it was at the time very, very art driven. The huge thing was we're supporting artists, we pay royalties. And that was such a huge and new concept to me that it got me very, very excited. And I thought that's a great space. And more time I spent there, more I chatted and more I learned about the Web3, more excited I got. And now I'm still here and not planning to leave ever, I guess, because it's just so awesome. That's awesome. Those early clubhouse days were were incredible for sure. You were there a little bit earlier than me. I got there in like March of 2021 mm. on the clubhouse. Yep. Yeah, clubhouse was definitely, I feel like a lot of people's like beginning days. It wasn't for me, but yeah, a lot of our guests are like, oh yeah, clubhouse is what got me started. Mm. Um, it's like a good nostalgia for everyone, I feel like, because yeah. at the time it was almost like naive type of thing because you didn't know what to expect and it was just so nice and it felt safe and not as overwhelming as it is right now yep so i feel very fortunate to join that like earlier and not right now for instance i can't even imagine what newcomers are going through right now with all the different uh, scams and overwhelming amount of information it's just crazy totally people were um a lot more like helpful and also like i think there was more of a sense of like community and like we're we're in this together and there's not that many of us and you know we mm-hmm. need to kind of stick together versus mm-hmm. i think you know nowadays people have kind of um pitted against each other and you know just all this drama and stuff that happens but um anyway michael go ahead yeah no so you you got an invite to clubhouse not knowing about nfts not going there for nfts and you kind of mm-hmm. stumbled upon it you were like, I'm an artist and NFTs, it make, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's who so were some fun. of the who were some of the OGs you were listening to back then? Was it like Lady Phoenix? Who was in that that so early, the room, early crowd? The room that educated me the most was the NFT.tips. Yeah, I know Alexander and Glassy. And yep. Alexander I know those guys very well. Yeah, and they they also they also hosted uh, one of the first, I think, NFT IRL NFT meetups in uh, New York City, and I joined it too. And it was very nice. I wonder. I have not heard. I thought they're gonna transition to uh, Twitter Spaces and gonna be on the front line. So I was very surprised to not see yeah. them. Uh, but it's I, I know for a fact there's so many people when you start chatting about how you got onboarded, so many people are extremely grateful to them yeah. because they were it, it it would get to the point where I would like create a wallet and some stupid thing like stupid, stupid thing that you want to ask, the the most basic thing, you would just go join and ask and somebody will explain to you. I mean at the time also there were not as much resources as it is right now. There wasn't any YouTube there was nothing, tutorials yeah, or there was nothing, nothing. Yeah, for sure. So having this yeah. community of people to whom you can reach out and ask anything was really nice. That was. I was in that room every morning, the Alexander's room, 9 a.m. Eastern or whatever. I was always in there. Do you know what happened? Do you know why they have not uh, joined the Twitter I spaces? I don't <laughs> really know. I saw those guys last year in Miami uh, at the mm-hmm. Miami Metaverse Week, which is actually coming up again, or Miami NFT Week, whatever they call it. 
Um, and they were, you know, they were happy doing well, like running around, but I guess they're not really public with what they're doing at the moment. I, I was hanging out with Glassy and Alexander. So I don't know. That's so crazy. It's like they're a little like little angels behind the yeah, scenes. They yeah, kickstarted they everything. Did. They, they did. pushed it and they're like, our mission is over yeah. now. We are gonna be doing stuff behind the scenes. That's nice. That guy Eric Spivak is still you remember him motivate? Yeah. yeah. He's still on he's on Twitter spaces. You'll hear him chatting it up. Yeah, but it's 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 still a little different. Oh, versus that, like yeah, they don't have their, their breath yeah. and like running yeah. as a yeah. Yeah, they should have for sure. I feel like they'll get so much support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a big group. Also, so you had also said that um six years ago you kind of became and you started really like selling your artwork and everything. Did you when did you decide to be a full-time artist? Like that was what you're gonna do full-time. Was that when you got into NFTs or was that before? Uh it was before and it also came by some sort of accident, I'd say. I guess it it, this approach definitely helped me and it still helps me to not be stressed out of being an artist when time goes like slow and you have a slow hard month because being an artist it's always one month it can be extra good and another is super slow and then it's a roller coaster when I started out I, I was just painting home for the first two years and I did not even think of becoming an artist I was just painting for myself and then it got to the point where I had so many canvases home and I got advised that maybe you should do an exhibition. And me and my friends, it was in Shanghai. I was studying Chinese at the time and I was just having a bunch of part-time jobs and just trying to uh, survive. And I was, I, I saved up money and did very immersive, very raw now looking back at it, exhibition with like a bunch of neon lights, installations that you can come and interact with. Like I did a ginormous ear and person can come up and like whisper their pain or struggle that they're going through. And there was a marker and they can like put little black dot or write whatever they want. And my goal was that hopefully when they walk out of the room, they're going to feel a little bit better and the ear going to take your pain away. And it turned, it was like a very white one and at the end it turned black because everyone would uh sign on it uh, or write down something or just put a dot so this type of things and i i did a lot of uh, videos about this space and some of them went viral there and so it attracted lots of people so this kind of gave me a start and i realized that wow i do can make money on my art and pay bills with it uh, with this exhibition, I sold some pieces, but it did not, I was still negative, let's say, because the amount of money I spent to put it all together was so much and it did not fully paid off, but it still gave me a realization that, wow, you, <laughs> if you, if you market it correctly, if you just kind of uh, budget it right, you can sell your stuff. And um, that's how it all started for me. Uh, at the time I was still uh taking part-time jobs but then uh i did another exhibit a year or half a year later and the same thing and that one performed a little bit better and all of a sudden i decided to move to back to new york back to states i wasn't living in new york as then but my family is in texas so i kind of just left shanghai and started over from a scratch in new york And I was focusing mostly on creating a visual content about me painting. And I never expected um, art fully to pay my bills. I was always ready to take any part-time job. And it did not bother me 
because I believe that anything you do can inspire you. And that those random part-time jobs can give you so much different perspective that you will never get if you just sit home and uh, do only art. And I'm very grateful that I had this experience. And it would, it, But with the time, it got to the point where I would get just too many commissions and it, it would be f- just fully art only. And that's how I slowly transitioned to just being becoming a full-time artist where it's just only art, 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 art. Wow. And that was a crazy period because I remember it was in the three months, I painted 70 pieces, 70 huge canvases. Yeah, not, I'm like looking at back back at this time now. I I just moved to New York. I didn't really know anybody there. I I was pretty inspired because I would just go to the musicals, go to do my part time jobs, and then when it just got too many commissions, I was just paint, go to musicals, go to post office, send my art, and just like go to Chipotle, it's not Chipotle, go back home and paint, 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 and then when I uh, I decided to update my website. I was like, okay, let me just put everything that I did within this time and just post these paintings that already sold. And as I upload images, I'm like, wow, that's over 70 paintings. Mm-hmm. It's, so so now I just know if I have to paint a lot, I can. And But that, that, that just insane to me how I did it. But that's the thing, I guess, because you don't really think about it that it's wow it's so much because i did not have anything to compare it to because i did not have anybody to talk about it with so it would be just me and recording videos of myself painting posting it online then one of those paintings go viral and then people just asking if they can buy buy a painting (laughs) so then i paint again and it just kind of this huge loop and yeah, that was very nice, very crazy. What year was that? Did that take place? Of 2018, 2018. Okay. And then, and then I, uh, I decided that I wanted to do an exhibit in New York. Uh, but in New York City, the stuff that I wanted to do is will be so, so, so pricey. It's going to be like ten, tens of thousands of dollars. And I realized that I need to stop selling the paintings in order to at least save 10 of them or like 20 of them so I can put them in exhibit. So I stopped accepting commissions and I took a part-time job so I can work again and uh, save money so I can save paintings and uh, um, and the money to do an exhibit. And then COVID hit. So that kind of just the idea disappeared and uh, I discovered NFT space around this time. So that evolved. How did you end up in Shanghai? You, you lived in Shanghai for a while. I'm sorry, Jennifer. I'll let you, I keep, we got to get our cadence back. No, we got to get our cadence good. back. <laughs> so it just, uh, I was born in Russia, Moscow. Okay. And when I was, uh, when I was 15, I started modeling and, uh, I modeled for a couple of years. I had my modeling agency there. Uh, and then my family moved to Texas. And then uh, it's small, small town. And then after modeling in Texas, I was working in Whataburger. Mm. So it was very weird to go from like a runway show mm-hmm. to working in the fast food. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I graduated a high school, I graduated earlier because I wanted to just move away because small town wasn't for me at the time. I felt very uncomfortable. So I just wanted to uh, 
graduate and I, now I feel so sad because I never get to experience prom mm. and just normal peaceful uh, this thing and I really 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 wished I d- wasn't rushing life and just kind of took my time because I finished entire 12th grade from I took like online classes and from May yeah May June and middle of July I finished entire year in two months oh, wow. so I was just so, so ready to go. And uh, after I did that, I went to Moscow and just uh, talked to my agent. And they kind of said, if you want, you can go to Shanghai. We have a contract there for a couple months. So when I went to Shanghai, I realized I really, really love the city. Um, to this day, I, I think Shanghai is pretty awesome. And I, after living in New York, after living in Moscow, Shanghai was just so much fun and it's they're so technologically evolved mm-hmm. like New York is a couple of years behind on so many different things um so it was a really nice experience and I was just modeling there but I wasn't sure what I want to study at the time because I wasn't painting I wasn't an artist I I, I did not know what I wanted to learn and studying in America is so expensive and I wanted to make sure that if I do get student loans I I at least study something that I truly love and I gave myself I thought I'd give myself like a year and to not waste this year I thought I should study Chinese while I'm in China I thought might as well so I went to universities there and just ended up staying there three years because I really loved it and I thought it's really interesting and my university was very good uh, but again, out of nowhere, just woke up one day and felt as I need to go back home. And I felt like I found something that I truly love to do. And it was art. And I realized that I can evolve my career within that space. And I kind of did everything I possibly could do in Shanghai with this. Because I already had multiple exhibitions. I had a gallery there. So it was enough. And I was like, okay, bye. So I woke up and I dropped out of university there and uh, just went back to the States. And still, I kind of want to go back to school here eventually, hopefully one day, because I want to study economics. Um, but not yet, not yet. So that that, that was my journey nice. in Shanghai. I like that. That, sound, that sounds like a great city. I really do want to go to China, but I've always hesitated because like there's so many places to go. I want to have like a long, long time to go there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, if you go there, it's definitely a couple weeks, a month uh, yeah, type no of doubt. trip because there is just so much to see. There's so much culture there. It's And it's a whole different world from mm. America. It's a whole diff- it feels like you're going to a different planet. Yeah. For sure. I bet it I bet it is. When you say it's technologically advanced, like you're totally right. I've been to Japan and and um I mean it's definitely a whole nother when New York is almost like New York feels like it's like 30 years behind a lot of those places. Yeah. It really yeah, does. Yeah. It really does. It it does. It does. Like when I just moved to New York, this like online payments QR codes. That was in China like five, 10 years mm-hmm. ago, like five years ago. It was just so everyday life there versus in New York. It was just slowly starting to become a thing. And like also the the way food delivery <laughs> works in China, like in the middle of the night, you can get anything, anything versus in New York at the time. It still was um, not as easy. No doubt. No doubt. 
Yeah, I, I feel like that is very adventurous to go from, first of all, like finishing high school so quick and then deciding, okay, I want to, you know, jumpstart my modeling career, moving to a completely different country. Like, did you move by yourself or were you with like, just by yourself? That's crazy. At like 18, 19 years old. Yeah, that is pretty crazy over to Shanghai. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I just turned 18. Again, I, my thing is sometimes I get, I called it like being in the wave, like getting this waves, like being in the zone. <laughs> I don't know what it is where I don't really understand what's happening i just do things like very impulsively i do 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 things and then like months later or like in my case right now years later i look back at it and i'm like whoa that was what <laughs> because again i just don't didn't have anything to compare it to because I, i'm very often so much in my head which is very good and very bad at the same time and it's just almost leave like no room of fear in some sort of like questioning because it's like ah, I just go I mean what's, what's gonna happen yeah. I'm, 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 I'm I'm like I'm by myself if I need a part-time job I, I'm gonna get a job so it's like I don't have a child or anybody to take care of just me yep. <laughs> so it's like oh whatever yeah no I hear that I always say travel is the best thing for young people it provides so much perspective you can never get without leaving home especially going and immersing yourself somewhere like that you know it's pretty neat. Yeah, pretty neat. absolutely. I'm also curious how you developed your style of art because I feel like it's so like different. And I mean, if you guys haven't seen her art, you definitely have to check it out. First of all, on Twitter, Arena BB Art. Uh, she also has a website, arenabbart.com, and you can see all of her work. But how did you develop your style and how long does that kind of take to kind of figure out, okay, what is my style of art that I really want to go for here? Well, I never, um, again, I never was looking for a style. So I guess that helped. And uh, first two years that I was just painting home was just me just I never, for example, I know lots of artists use reference photos when they paint or when they draw. I never done it. I was just kind of staring, sitting, staring at the canvas and whatever. I, I see little characters in it. So I just kind of outline it. And because I never learned how to draw or never uh, went to art school. So I didn't have some strict technique. So sometimes it gets very like wobbly or weird and very raw. So that just doing it over and over and over and over again. And uh, so first two years, I would say it was like pretty dark paintings that I did. In the website, I, I have like the thing, it's called Darker. So those paintings are my early stage. So they were very dark and very uh, <laughs> mushy in some ways because I could not mix colors properly. So it was just very just kind of over there so but because again didn't use reference photos and I just did it every single day over and over and over again until eventually I, I would say on a year three I realized what was the easiest way for me to paint and how I wanted to do it and for acrylic paintings it was always I would always outline the character in the black lines I never do it with the oil paintings oil paintings is a little bit uh, different style I have 
with it, but it's still, you can definitely see <laughs> my hand there. But with acrylic paintings, it's I, I always love outlining things in, in, in black. And I, I always recommend also artists when they just starting out to not use reference photos and just kind of let yourself be you because that's the easiest way to find the most authentic self and just do it every single day and eventually it's going to come out. It's just a matter of time. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, we had um, Claire Salvo on and she was saying like, I she was saying like most artists use reference photos. Like it's really hard to not use any type of reference um, photo for your work. And you're saying like, I just draw what's in my head and or what I'm like seeing on the canvas and outline it and all that. Um, so yeah, so when I take commissions from people, um, when I paint uh, somebody, I ask them to send me their photos, their playlist that they're listening to recently, and tell oh. me themselves. Yeah, so I would listen to their music while I paint, and before I paint, I would like intensely stare at their picture for as long as I can, and then I stare at the canvas, and whatever I see, I then like paint, but I don't stare at the at their picture like I don't trying to copy pasta it on the canvas so that's I guess that would definitely bring out your style if you just do this way interesting so then when did you start or um how did you start incorporating nfts because I know you were you know for a while you were minting nfts and and then it would like come with the physical version which that was a thing a lot of artists were doing as well you know, then you dabbled into AI art and all these other, you know, you have a bunch of different collections that you've done. And yeah, like, I guess what, what's your favorite way of um, kind of converting your work to an NFT? So when I just started out with NFTs, I would get my canvas paintings that I did. So there, I have well, professional photographs of, of every single one of them that I've done. And I would just, uh, animate them in some weird ways like for example i would take the uh, the character's face and kind of make their lips move and um or like the different parts of the canvas move so it feels like the character is trying to get out of the of, of, from the canvas um they're all on the rareable so my first first mints they're all on rareable and like foundation so those you can like see they're kind of very moving i think i should honestly go back to it because that looked like pretty cool um but then when i minted it on on rareable uh, one of the pieces the collector after collecting contacted me and he asked if he can get a physical with it if if i have physicals because he saw my website and i said yes i actually for this one i still have the painting in my home so this moment i realized that you can pair nfts and canvas paintings because at the time it felt like so back in 2021 early the the february march it was all like, like astronauts or 3d art the people so it felt as there wasn't place for canvas paintings in nfts that you have to be some sort of digital in some ways so, but that collector and his urge to get my canvas painting made me realize that you can pair it and that you can even, you don't have to go anything crazy and just, you can just be your fully authentic self and just do whatever. Um, and that inspired me to create the Man Man Lies collection, which has also now put me in different positions. There's like different topic of, um, at the time, uh, as an artist, you didn't really like I it wasn't resources like manifold and other things so if you do not code you do 
OpenSea, lazy minting. And that's how I know many artists started their collections like that. And that's how I started my Manman Lies collection, which is NFTs and just NFTs and NFTs and canvas painting pairings. And my goal was to kind of document my entire artistic career on the blockchain from the moment I started and to put there 2,222 paintings. So and I kind of calculated and I was like, oh, it's going to take like seven to like maybe 10 years to finish this collection. And uh, so I started it, but now uh, it was two years passed by and this collection like have pretty big volume. And then like Mike Tyson, Keith Grossman collected from this collection. And, but now it's on OpenSea's contract. And I'm like, uh... So now I'm I'm still I haven't not minted anything there yet again because I'm just trying to decide if I should just migrate this whole collection to my own contract mm-hmm. and uh, and just transfer all these things all of the all of the things that collectors collected to them and like airdrop it to them but then it would not have uh, the provenance. <sighs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It's like I'm like if I do that, then it just changes the whole thing, and it's like that Manma Lies collection have this iconic moment of Mike Tyson yeah. from his verified account collecting it. It was such a huge thing for me at the time, and I was so freaking out and like migrating it, and again starting over from a scratch. It's just like ah. But then at the same time, it's not on your smart contract and having collection that you're planning to have for seven, ten years. That's really risky to be dependent on OpenSea. Totally. So I'm waiting, and I'm hoping that they're gonna come up with some sort of structure where they can maybe uh, somehow let artists like transfer it and be their own contracts. So I don't know if it's like in the works or if it's too far away to even think about it or if it's even possible yeah. or not. But I really hope that it's going to happen because I know many artists are in a similar position. Yeah, a lot of artists are struggling with this. Uh, I've said before, but Justin Aversano's Twin Flames is on the OpenSea shared contract. So there's a lot for sure. What is he doing with that? Is he like living in there? What's happening? There's, uh, I'm not sure exactly what he's going to do. I've heard a few rumors, but... No one said anything or or anything. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess like yeah, I guess people are just kind of waiting yeah, it out, waiting right out, now. trying to figure out. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a weird position to be in, is it? Yeah. Yeah, and now you have manifold, which obviously changed the game. Have you have you used that at all yet? Yes. Yes. I uh, I used it uh, when this whole SBF situation happened. Mm-hmm with FTX so I wanted to uh, do like a free open edition man to kind of cheer up the space because the entire timeline was gloomy and I thought it would be a fun thing to do so nice. I uh, that was my <laughs> manifold journey and it's really really nice what they're doing that and and like this year too uh, I found a platform called Bueno yep very familiar also so helpful for yeah. artists like you can launch if I want tomorrow to launch 10k profile picture without like searching for the developer it's just so nice because to me when back in again 2021 I, I was thinking about doing some small collection but still with like 1000 maybe 500 of artworks but firstly I could not find a developer I also wasn't sure like how to even approach like and then how is how does the mon- the com- compensation yep. part works like how yep. much percentage I give to them and I tried to reach out to some people who did launch their projects and I was like hey what was the split can you please share so I can understand like what's the price points 
like nobody would tell me that mm. i don't know why it was so gatekeeping maybe i i needed to reach out to more people but like reaching out to a couple people and not getting a response is i guess kind of discouraged me at the time and i didn't push hard enough to keep on searching for developer like just trying to talk with people and i also kind of love doing things on my own so already collaborating with somebody it was already for me like oh huge thing so <laughs> i'm very happy that platforms like bueno yeah. right now exist when you can just on your own do everything yeah bueno does a good job Corey van lu did the entire uh rug radio twenty thousand piece art generation on bueno no yeah. way yep i didn't know yep. that that's so they cool. put it out themselves like on their own website but bueno does the art generation they can do that just that part of it yeah, yeah, that, that that's really really yep. nice, and yep. I'm also happy that it's like artists who started it, and it's totally that that's incredible. Yeah, is it bueno dot art? Yep, is that the site? Okay, maybe we'll have to link that for people to check out. I had never heard of that before. I'm just like looking yeah. into it now. I'm everywhere trying to spread a word about it because when I discovered it, it was just such a huge relief mm -hmm. to me knowing that if I get some crazy idea and I want to release some project, I can do this. And then when I got this idea with my AI project, I was like, wow, being able to just execute on it without going through those extra steps on finding a developer and trying to communicate with them was very, very nice. Let's talk about your AI project now that you bring it up. Playing chess, right? Mm -hmm. So you took one piece of art that you painted and turned that using AI into 420 pieces how'd that how'd that go down so tell us about that well that was lots of fun um again being in my own head a lot i did not know that other artists hated ai because i kind of assumed that everyone would welcome it because it's such a useful tool and no matter what you do it can um evolve your work and help you out and uh this argument that like oh it's using this apparently later on i found out that Everybody, so many artists were hating on it and using argument of AI, like stealing other artists' work. And so let me get it straight. Like, yes, you cannot copy somebody else's work completely and say it's your own. So of course not. But what AI does, it's not this. And we are, as an artist, we stand on the shoulders of generations of previous artists. And that's what AI is doing right now too, standing on the shoulders of previous generations. Like you cannot copy pasta, obviously, somebody else's work and say it's yours. but we're all inspired by each other we're all inspired by what's happening around us and seeing that many people do not view it the same way that they only see it as a threat uh really triggered something in my brain and i just wanted to show by example that this is okay your art is not threatened like you're if you are good at marketing and if you have your own art style you're going to be fine just keep on doing your thing. So I took my canvas painting, completely original work, and I ran it through AI and it gave me different versions of it. And another cool part for me was that every single time that it runs, it gives you a new image and it will never, ever be repeated again. Even if I run the same canvas painting through it, it's not going to be exact same results. So you cannot replicate it in exactly same manner. So that excited me so much. And just going through the process of from at the end, from thousand pictures, picking 420 and just staring at them, some of the pieces inspired me so much that I wanted to paint them 
So the version of AI that uh, of my painting, I want to paint it. And obviously, I'm not going to be able to completely replicate what AI did because of my style of painting. So it's kind of infinite loop of art that you can create. So you run your painting, then you get inspired from what your AI gave you. Then you use this AI painting to create another painting. It's like inspiration genera generator. And uh, after I did that, I thought as a trait for collection, I wanted to put my thoughts. So it's like a character. You, As a collector, you sit down to play chess with a character and the trait is a thought and it's like a conversation starter that the character tells you as a collector when you're sitting down to play with her. And some pieces were, I was writing those tra traits in a two weeks and some of them reflect my mood. Sometimes I was like sad, sometimes some days I was happy and some of them are really random because I put whatever I overheard on Twitter spaces and they like some of them would make no sense. But I wanted to put those Twitter spaces notes because I wanted part of NFT community to be within the collection this way. Some of them also as a trade, I posted a tweet and whatever people commented, it was a couple comments and I put them as a trade too. So that was pretty cool things. And then when it minted out, I created a Twitter group chat just for the holders and people started playing actual chess with each other there. So now we have our own chess club, the three chess club. And uh, I used... <laughs> I used the playing chess as a life metaphor. So for me, it was just very metaphorical how like life is a huge game of chess. And I also thought it's going to be very, any crazy idea you can come up with in the future, you definitely can incorporate, incorporate it in, the, in this game because it gives you such a huge room. So I named it playing chess, but then people think that I can play chess very well and everybody always trying to like have a match with me and I do not play chess. And when I just started, I did not think, I don't know why I did not think that people going to think that I play chess. But um, yeah, so now I'm learning how to play chess too. So that that what came out of this collection. Pretty cool. The collection is so cool. I'm going through them and looking at the, like the traits yeah, they have good names. That's really, really a neat, unique, interesting collection. I love AI. I, uh, I say it all the time. I mean, it's, it's expanding so fast. And like every time you look up, there's a new program doing something new, cool. Uh, my wife was trying to make for her job, like design this like wall of records, and I was like, do it in Mid Journey, and she typed out this whole thing, and she got four examples that were like sick looking mm -hmm. and she said she sent them in and they were like oh my god how'd you make that like really it, it's yeah that's amazing. really really nice yeah. Yeah. yeah i hope more people are gonna give it a chance and be like more open-minded with yeah. that so it was really they're not nice. gonna have a choice oh, yeah, people and, aren't gonna have a choice yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah, just gonna be absolutely. it's gonna be everywhere yeah i also right now do basically a redeeming thing where if you hold 16 pieces you can get a canvas painting oh, from wow. me for free yeah. And for like eight pieces, you can get a digital painting from me. And that also just made me realize that I love to create. So creating, it's really, it comes really easy for me. Marketing stuff is, it's like an actual hard, hard, hard job. So I was thinking that I'd much rather spend like some months with a direct goal of marketing by creating one collection and then in peace, just giving people for free a canvas paintings. Um, and that was 
my thought a couple of weeks ago until uh, this whole royalty thing, because now it's not sustainable anymore. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of sad. Even though I didn't promise to anyone that's going to be for this collection, like art was utility, but I thought it would be nice uh, to just do uh, once a month some redeeming thing uh, for physical stuff uh, or like different things. Uh, and now with royalties being gone, I'm like, well, we're going to do a first wave of redeemings and then we're going to see uh, what's going to happen. But that also um, showed another good thing of um, the space had collectors contacting me and they're like, hey, I just I'm not sure if the royalties was paid or not. I just collected your playing chess. Like, do, do, uh, like, do, do you want me to like send you some ease as a royalty? I'm like, no, no, no. It's like on the seller side. I was like, explain. But the fact that people are reaching out and trying to figure out how the royalties thing works uh, as, like, as a collector, it was really heartwarming for me. And it's really inspired me too. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, they they want to play, they want to pay collector royalties to collectors that it's like, you know, you're an individual artist and like you're creating your own stuff. I feel like they don't want to pay royalties if it's like, Azuki. you know, board apes, like some just yeah. big project yeah. type of thing versus like an artist, you know, I yeah. mean. That's my um, I think, deal of things, but yeah, I think in the future it's gonna be uh, in OpenSea. Maybe, maybe they're gonna do some sort of thing where it's gonna be like a categories within the royalties too, where they're gonna like put a little bit more work into protecting one-on-one artists or like smaller collections, so you, that can be uh, different levels because. <laughs> Like mixing this two, the 10 case and a smaller individual artist, it should not be in place like this because like one artist, seriously, just trying to survive here. Come on now. Yeah. Okay. So I have one last question um, before we kind of wrap this up. And I'm sure Michael has a a question as well. Um, But my last question is kind of a fun one. I know you talked about Mike Tyson collecting your art which was very exciting. So we're going to have to exclude that from this, but what is one of the most exciting things that have happened that has happened to you um in your NFT career? So many things actually. Like first thing popped up in mind was I guess because it was very recent that I uh found out that I was featured in Fortune and like my art and um Fortune and then I knew that but Forbes, I didn't know about it. And I just figured out just recently and the article has been out for like six months and I accidentally found out just by, I was updating my website and I created NFT page there and I just wanted to make sure that it works. So I Googled Arena VB NFTs to see if my website is uh, there. And here I see a Rolling Stone. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know what happened. So I clicked, like, whoa, my name is there, yay. And then I decided to scroll to see what else I missed. And there was a like Forbes featured the name and like my artworks there. We did a drop with Red, it was charity drop. And it was so nice. And it also came to me where a uh, couple, like, couple days after my Discord got hacked and the two years that I spent in building my Discord, it was just completely gone. It's gone now. And we had to manually ban every single user. And uh, I had to delete every single channel. And just sitting there and deleting it one by one and seeing your work just being just disappearing, it was really hard for me. Um, and that's when this I saw the Forbes thing and it just made me feel so inspired again and it made me feel like it 
just keep on going. That's fine. So that was really huge. And I guess um, my artwork being displayed on a Times Square billboard also. It's, it's a huge, it's like a huge milestones that are hard to believe they're happening it's so nice that's awesome i love that yeah you you really accomplished a lot in this space and it's it's so awesome to be able to you know see your journey like i said i've been following you for a while we met in person like a year ago i forget yeah. what party that was it was in miami and i think it mm. was proof maybe was it okay yeah it was some type I of i remember this space yeah. i remember this space though yeah yeah, that was, and then we met again at the Pudgy Penguins, I think. Yeah. Briefly, we yeah, I oh, ran into Claire. you. I met Claire Silver also at that party where I met you. Oh really? Oh yeah. Wait, wait. Somebody she asked like, me they met her at that party, and I'm like, she like, why came out to me. She was like Arena, and I'm like, yeah, she's what like the heck? Claire. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that is crazy, and nobody knows what she looks off. like. Yeah, she's yeah, she's not dogs, so. Yeah, that was very special. Yeah. And I think another thing also that like highlights highlight of my career is just making these friendships that I built in the Web3 space. It's also another thing that um completely always warms my heart and made me realize how many wonderful people are there and just how many talented people are there. And just that you are not alone, that there is a community and that you can just be part of it and help each other. So that's also another thing that I think is a huge thing of this couple of years was in the NFT space. Totally. Mm-hmm. Michael? Well, yeah, no, Arena, this was really fun. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, usually the last question I ask people, I'd like to give you a chance to shout out any artists that you really like that you think should have some light shined on them. Well, first name came up as like Claire, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which is being exhibited in Yeah, Lover she's uh, so yeah, people she know about her. <laughs> she- yeah, she got a good spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, another beautiful artist, um, Amber, Amber Vittoria. Oh, and yeah. We had her on the we show. Did. A while She's ago. awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, who else? I put you on the spot. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. My brain is like now <laughs> like super, super empty. I can, I can send you, I can send okay. you the, the, the Twitter. You gave a couple Twitter good handles. ones. That's all good. It's all good. Well, it was a pleasure. And, uh, hopefully, uh, our paths will cross at some point, but thank you so much for coming on. I'll let Jenny take it out. Thank you so much. Thank Pleasure. you for your time. Pleasure. Yes. Thank you, Arena. Hopefully everybody listening to this enjoyed this episode and um, yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>